are listening to Knickknack Radio, your home for the Knickknack podcast and classic Let's Talk train show. It is the knickknackjack.com podcast, and we're recording this only 15 minutes late. 5.15 Zulu on Sunday morning, or 10.15 Pacific Daylight Time. And I am here, I am ready to record, hopefully you are ready to listen, um, because I've got plenty of things to talk about this week. So, um, this episode's going to be called England post mortem appropriately enough because it's all going to be about what i've learned from my trip from england what i've done in the week or so that i've been sitting here since england and um all the various stuff in between so plenty to update you on and uh you really should stay tuned for this one this should be a good one knickknackjack.com podcast sit back relax enjoy So, for those that don't know, let me recap what I've been up to since, oh, May 1st. Actually, before that, several months ago, I started sitting around thinking, well, I need something to do. It was right about the time I released episode 9 of season 3, which I believe, I can't quote myself directly here, but I believe that was the, um, the what do I do next episode or where do I go from here episode. And I released that and I called it that. Um, not in jest at all. I was just lost. I didn't know what my next step was going to be. I had no idea. Um, and I, I was just kind of sitting here wasting time. And then something occurred to me somehow. I don't know what inspired me to start thinking about it. It might have been watching Doctor Who. It might have been goodness knows what. But I thought to myself, well, I'm just sitting here. I'm paying a relatively low amount in rent because I'm staying with my dad, and that's nice. I've got a decent amount of money because I'm uh, on disability again, and that is what it is. I'm not proud of it, but that is what it is. And at the moment, my costs, or at that particular moment, it's changed now, of course, but at that particular moment, my costs weren't so staggering that I you know, needed all the money to take care of myself. So I was scratching my head going, well, what could I do with this money that would be productive, that would be a good thing to do, uh, that would be a positive influence on my life that might get me going in some meaningful direction? And eventually the answer came to me. Um, Obvious, actually, as it was. uh, Start traveling again. I hadn't traveled since April, I believe, of 2001, and the last place I really traveled to was Australia. Um, I got lost in Mexico uh, sometime in between that. Somewhere in 2006, I was living in San, San Diego, and I had been driving up and down I-5 too much. Um, I've told this story in the podcast before, but I've been driving up and down I-5 too much, so I figured, well, I'm going to try and drive every mile of I-5, and instead of getting off just before the border with Mexico, well... I kept going, and I had to go actually into Mexico. They let me into Mexico, and then I had to sit in the, the uh, 
the line for getting across the U.S. border for an hour and a half. Um, but before that, I uh, drove almost halfway to Ensenada because I figured, well, I'm here. Why not? And then I got a, creeped out about halfway to Ensenada and decided to turn around. Um, but turning around was not as easy as I thought it would be. And I really had to test my, my really bad Spanish skills. And it was a hell of a, an adventure, I'll tell you that. And it led me to the conclusion that, which which was, I hate to say this already, kind of a conclusion that I had already drawn for myself, uh, just from the few times that I had been shopping in Tijuana, um, was that Mexico was not a place I wanted to be. I can speak a little bit of Spanish, but I do, it's not a language I enjoy, to be quite honest. It's I, I just don't like the language very much. Um, I, actually, I mean, really, I don't like the sound of German. I don't like... French because it seems like such a, such a posh language, and I don't like Spanish because it seems um, I uh, like such a uh, working class language, uh, for the lack of a better term. And it's not that I'm not working class because I I kind of am. I'm actually kind of below working class, but it's not a language that. I think is very pretty or very appealing to me. I mean, I can speak it when I need to, but it's not, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy saying San Jose the proper way or uh, any of the, uh, well, Chico even. Chico is Spanish for uh, little boy. Um, and I, I just don't enjoy saying things the Spanish way because it's just, it's not all that appealing to me. Um, I mean, I'd like to take a trip to Spain itself uh, because that would be interesting and that would be educational, especially considering all the Spanish influence in California. I mean, the very name of California itself is taken, I believe, from a uh, mythological Spanish island um, that was supposed to be this big, huge paradise island and they thought California was an island at the time they found it. Uh, So... You know that was that was the influence for that, but uh, it's that really there are very few languages that I'm very interested in. Um, my interest in travel is quite frankly limited to the places that you, the United Kingdom or Western influence has um, at least opened a doorway in. Um, for example, I mean, I. I happily travel to uh, New Zealand, South Africa, um, India even, because uh, the British Empire had a, had a place, uh, right or wrong, for there, there for a long time. Um, Singapore, Hong Kong, um, places like that I would happily go to because uh, I feel English is spoken. I feel like um, if I go there... Um, and if I can say I'm a Canadian, if I can't say I'm an American, generally that's the international travel advice, by the way. Don't say you're an American. Say you're from Canada. You get less hassle that way. Uh, sad, but true. Um, so, you know, I figure if I can go to places like that, um, I'll be comfortable and I'll get to experience more than I would if I just stayed in my in my home country. But I also won't be so exposed to the elements, as it were, that I'll be scared out of my mind, because um, Mexico I wasn't real comfortable with, um, and I don't imagine, I'd, I'd imagine I'd be okay in most European countries, because Europe's pretty diverse, um, 
the UK has at least a presence there, and it's not unheard of to be speaking English. Uh, people may treat you like shit, but it's not unheard of to be speaking English, and that's fine. Um, and again, when traveling in Europe, uh, the advice is to say that you're from Canada, not from the United States. That way you don't get as much shit as you would otherwise get. So I figured, I got to this point, and I figured, well, travel is the thing to do, and travel is what I should be doing with this with this money, among other things like paying off debt, etc., etc. So I started thinking about where I wanted to travel to. Um, and I wanted to go back to Australia. I've wanted to go back to Australia ever since I went to Australia. But what I really decided that I wanted to do that I hadn't done yet was go to the United Kingdom, specifically England. And the reason for this was I have been a huge Beatles fan all my life, and I I really needed to go and pay homage to the Beatles. Um, Right next to this was the fact that the United Kingdom has a very strong simulation community that I wanted to see if I could tap into to look for jobs or look for potential contacts and that sort of thing. That wasn't the major reason, but that was a contributing reason. And then another contributing reason was um, I made several friends over there uh, through the years, and I wanted to see if I could visit these friends and kind of meet them and, and talk to them and get a little bit of an understanding for um, English culture. And of course, I you know, if I had had the opportunity, I would have gone to Scotland and Northern Ireland, uh, maybe not Wales, because for some reason the appeal of Wales is not very strong to me. But um, this was definitely a place I wanted to go for really the last 16 years, and I figured, all right, here is my opportunity to go. So I started making plans. I started putting things together. I found a site on STA Travel that told me that I could go on Virgin Atlantic to Britain for $500 round trip. And I figured, all right, that's it. That I'm going. I'm going in mid-May. And we got it all set up. And when I got ready to book the ticket, when I finally had the funds to book the ticket, and this was early April, I clicked on it and they told me $800 with taxes. And I'm like, fuck that, because I don't have $800. So I saved my money. I sold my car. I waited another month. And then May 1st, I figure, all right, I'm going to book my ticket for later in the summer. And May 1st comes along, and I see 7.05 round trip. Now, having experienced the um, the setback from the first time, I am skeptical this time around. So I click on the 7.05, uh, figuring taxes are going to be added. But apparently, it's just 7.05. So I do some quick but faulty math, and I say, well, I can do this. And I book it. And I end up on British Airways Flight 284, departing San Francisco International for London Heathrow on May the 6th. And um, the adventure really started from there. I I did all I could to quickly try and coordinate my trip. Um, You can hear more about the details of the trip itself in the England Trip Journal, of course. Um, But I got there. I lost my backpack with all my Beatles CDs in it because the security guy at Passport Control made me nervous. So I absentmindedly put my backpack down and never picked it up again. So that was not the best way to start the trip. Um, But despite this, I had a positive attitude... um, and I said, look, it's, it's, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm going to make this trip good. I'm going to make this trip count for all it's worth. So I took National Express up to Manchester. Um, spent a, mm, almost a night. Yeah, I spent a night um, in Manchester. Uh, and then I spent the next night in Liverpool. 
And the night after that in Liverpool, checking Liverpool out, starting the Beatles homage thing. Finally made contact with a couple of my friends in Britain. At that point, stayed with the Rudd family for the first week and a half or so, which I have to, again, restate how much I appreciated that. That was absolutely fantastic. Norman Rudd is a uh, World War II veteran. The Rudd family, having lived in South Africa for a number of years, so that was interesting, interesting stories to get. And of course, Richard Rudd is the station manager of Sky Blue Radio, and we were doing the Sky Blue Radio birthday at the time, so that was also a good experience, and it kind of put me right in the center, right where I wanted to be for an event like that, so that was that was fantastic. I also went to York, saw the National Railway Museum, and I've stated this before, I'll state it again, England knows what the fuck it's doing relative to rail transit. Um, they don't think they do relative to the rest of Europe, but relative to the United States, they they are doing quite well. It's very much like East Coast operations, um, a lot of cantonary um, electrified trains, but still very good. They, and, they, of course, they still have their, their, their share of the diesels, and the diesels still have a presence, so that's good too. Um, and I did a lot of rail riding. Um, I've got a whole stack here, actually, of tickets. Um, and most of them were pretty cheap. The uh, biggest ticket I got was 20 pounds in between uh, Liverpool and London Euston. And that was, um, of course, a smaller fare because I paid it weeks in advance. Uh, but still, 20 pounds to go from Liverpool to um, London Euston and compare that to the price it, it costs to go from Chico to Richmond, which is about $32, which I, I, I guess they're similar if you do the currency conversion. But... Um, you know, if you assume that you're in Britain and you're making pounds, and if you assume that you're in the U.S. and you're making dollars, you know, you're talking uh, a price tag, anyway, of $20, $20 versus a price tag of $32. Um, and that kind of gives you some perspective on, on how they look at it and how things go and that sort of thing. So, um, it was a very good trip. I enjoyed the rail, the train rides. I enjoyed... Uh, traveling around there, and I really enjoyed the fact that the area I liked, which was in between, really, Manchester, the Manchester area and the Liverpool area, which really, they're they're 35 miles apart, so it's like having a, a city area in between, well, it's it's like looking at the city area of say, the West Bay, you know, San Fran- between San Francisco and San Jose and saying you really like San Francisco and San Francisco's a great place, San Francisco being about equivalent to, say, Liverpool um, and Manchester kind of being the San Jose of the two. Um, you know, it's like saying you like that area and saying, all right, I want to live somewhere on the peninsula in between A and B. Um, and that's really what I've said to myself. Um, my goal is to find a way to move to the UK and live in the area between Liverpool and Manchester by April 1st, 2012. And um, I, I'm writing that down. I'm making a big point of that because I want to try and update you on that goal and see if I can make that goal and see if we can just make this a, a record of that goal, a record of an American deciding that uh, he doesn't like the countries he's in, the country that everybody is flocked to around the world uh, for the land of opportunity, etc., etc. Uh, you know, I really have decided that for me, 
this country does not present the best opportunity. I look at it and I say, well, Canada's probably got better opportunities. Australia's probably got better opportunities. Um, Australia might have the best occupational opportunities. Uh, the United Kingdom, I'm thinking, um, probably has moderate oppor- occupational opportunities, but excellent social care opportunities, for the lack of a better word. Um, I'm very concerned about my health as I get older. Um, I know I've had a lot of challenges, and I anticipate that as I get older, my health will start to fail, and I probably won't be able to get health insurance here in the United States. So I think the best thing I could do do for myself is get myself in a country like Canada or the UK where they have a public health option where it's that's part of it's taken care of uh, where I have an opportunity to get a successful occupation uh, to maybe um, supplement the knowledge I already have to actually go somewhere and and live a fulfilling life in that environment I mean um, honestly I think the sexiest um, sounding and women in the world, and usually the the most intelligent women I have met generally have been from northern latitudes, say, uh, well, approximately 35 degrees north and above. Whatever the location of San Francisco is, San Francisco and north, uh, and then on the opposite side, say, Sydney and south, uh, there seems to be just this um, congregation of real intelligent people. I think the smartest people I have ever met have come from places like um, Washington State, um, Liverpool, Manchester, uh, Minnesota, places like that. Um, for some reason, there just seems to be a high degree of intelligence in that particular area of the world, and I don't know why I'd really really be interested to see if there's any factual correlation in between that and uh, reality. But um, I I find it very appealing at this point to to live in the North. Um, I got to say, honestly, the Sacramento Valley is just too hot for me these days. Um, It's just, you know, it's not a comfortable environment. Um, If I'm going to live in Northern California, I pretty much have to live for comfort's sake and for cultural sake, um, somewhere in the Bay Area, um, possibly Humboldt County, but I don't think Humboldt County would suit me very well. Um, and then looking north of that, uh, the northwest, the area really in between Eugene and Vancouver, B.C., um, would be most suitable for me here on the West Coast, I think. Um, the idea of going back to Seattle for dispatcher training is kind of daunting. It's kind of a, eh, am I really ready to go back sort of thing. Um, but on the other hand, I really did love that city. Um, the only reason I came back to Chico was because uh, I had had a really rough year and a lot of things had happened and I just needed some support and some help. And I think I'm getting to that point again where I've grown enough, where I've I've got myself realigned enough as it were uh to venture out again and be okay um what i want to do is make my life as minimalistic as possible get rid of get rid of a lot of the junk that i've accumulated uh go back to dispatcher school in seattle um maybe have the goal of of 
trying to establish myself in Canada and secondary to that goal, establish myself in the United Kingdom. And really that was where I, what I wanted to get out of this trip. I wanted to get a uh, experience of the lifetime, an experience that I would always remember, and I definitely have that, and I've definitely documented that um, better than any other trip that I've taken. And I've documented my initial reactions and my feelings to that better than any trip that I have taken. And um, I don't apologize for any of that, by the way. I mean, I, you know, in expressing um, my dislike, shall we say, for the United States, um, it, it, it has offended a few people, uh, particularly um, a friend of mine from, from Mexico or whose family is from Mexico. And the intent was not to offend, but the intent was to say, look... This country has it pretty good. I won't deny that. We've got it a lot better than Mexico. We got it a lot better than Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Burma. Uh, you know, you could go on. But we're still at the bottom of the top. And I'd rather be closer to what I would consider the top of the top. I'd rather be closer to the top of the top than be at the bottom of the top because... What's the point of being at the bottom of the top? You don't have the best opportunities there. You know, why settle when you can attempt to do better, when you can attempt to get the maximum out of life that you possibly can? Because, I mean, I could just be content to sit around and collect disability for the rest of my life. Um, but I'm not content to do that. I want better. I want to go somewhere with my life. I want to achieve something. And to me, it seems like moving to Canada, Australia, or the United Kingdom would be that opportunity for me. And maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will admit it. Um, but I don't think I'm wrong. And I do legitimately think this is the best opportunity for me. And I legitimately think that the U.S. is depriving a lot of people of... Uh, the opportunity to do better. And in in the type of public relations and image that this country attempts to put out, uh, you know, relative to what we offer, um, I really do think it's kind of a bold-faced lie. And I wish I could say I had the patience to stay around and try to improve it, but I don't. Um, I hereby give up. I wish you the best, Sir Barack Obama. I think you are... Possibly the best president at the proper time for this country, but I honestly, I'm honestly done with this country. I I have no more hope for it. Um, it is what it is, and I I I refuse to really put any further energy into it because it's gone beyond the point. It really, as soon as those planes hit those buildings, and as soon as people overreacted the way they did, as soon as people were willing to sacrifice a little liberty for security, this country went down the tubes. And, um, you know, obviously most of the first world countries have made some poor decisions in this regard too. But as I say, uh, I really do think that the United Kingdom, Australia, and Canada offer better opportunities, are more developed, are more democratic than the United States of America. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for listening. Um, hope you can join me again next week. Uh, again, approximately 5 o'clock Zulu for the live show, 10 o'clock Pacific time. And um, if you have comments, you may email me, nicnacjak at gmail.com. 
you can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter. The links there are there on the website page. Also, look forward to Knickknack Net, the rebranding, if you will, of Knickknack Radio. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, more F- episodes of FS Ride Along. I've got 14 all recorded, and it needs to be edited. And I'll be probably recording 15 today, uh, depending on the way things go. So, plenty of things to pay attention to here from Knickknack Jack. So, stay tuned, enjoy the shows, and send me feedback. And, of course, don't forget, don't forget to donate, because I could use your help. A buck forty-two a month from each listener would cover the cost of doing these shows and i would enjoy nothing more i would appreciate nothing more than at least covering the cost of this hobby because it only cost me about 42 bucks a month to be honest but i mean if you can cover that cost and not have to deal with that on a monthly basis if you can know that your audience is enjoying that uh that's a pretty powerful meaningful thing so i'll leave you with that thought and i'll talk to you guys next week bye